Hi guys, Anna Brandt here. And today we're going to talk about the ideal client. A lot of photographers ask me, how do you market to your ideal client? And so if someone's asking me that, of course, I'm going to say, who is your ideal client? Many photographers, when they're just starting out, have no idea who their ideal client is. They just need someone in front of their camera. You are listening to the Anna Brandt podcast for the year 2022. Anna Brett has been a professional photographer for over 23 years and has taught worldwide in over 34 countries and continues to educate in person and online. My name is Ava Brandt and I am happy to welcome you to the fourth season of my mom's podcast channel. We hope you subscribe and stick around. So how do you know who your ideal client is and how do you market to them? I honestly think that you, there's two ways you can do it. When you're starting a business, a photography business, you need people in front of your camera, right? So, you know, in my case, I was an amateur shooting for 10 years, not intentionally going to want to go pro. It was literally not in the list of any things that I said when I was an amateur. When I became a professional photographer and quit my day job, I knew right away that I wanted to photograph maternity and newborn. I really enjoyed the early stages of life, and I knew that that was going to be my main genre in photography. Now, I also knew that I needed clients, and I started shooting for a child modeling agency pretty early. I started shooting birthday party photos, high-end birthday parties. So these were, you know, birthday parties where I would be paid a couple hundred dollars an hour to, you know, photograph a birthday party. It started at a hundred an hour and went up. I wasn't sitting there necessarily writing down the characteristics of my ideal client, but I knew who I was targeting. And so obviously that went along with it. My ideal client would either be pregnant or have a newborn. But did that mean that I didn't photograph anybody else? No, of course not. I wanted people in front of my camera. So I've done weddings, never enjoyed weddings. Um, I think I've done seven of them. Knew I did not want to do weddings. Most of my weddings, I don't even think I was actually paid for a wedding. I think they were all for assistance for my brother. I bartered preschool entry from the preschool director. So it was, but I still knew that I didn't love weddings, but I did them just because. And so there's your ideal client that you want to market and sell to and your ideal client that when you want to photograph and the characteristics may be different. For example, the maternity and newborn industry there are different levels in that industry. There are low, medium, and high-priced photographers out there, but their client is technically the same type, but who is the ideal client for each one of those sectors, right? There is something to be said for a photographer who's low-priced, medium, and high. You can't all be high-priced, just like we all can't go to high-end fashion designers for clothing. You know, there is a need for Target when you want to run in and grab a pair of leggings. And then there's a need for Lululemon leggings. Perfect example. Today, I needed leggings. And we are filming this podcast in Dubai. And I was in the Mall of Emirates. And I went into the Lululemon store. 
and ended up spending $150 for black leggings. Now, normally these same leggings in the U.S. would probably be around $80 or $90. I understand where I am, and then I'm going to pay a little bit more money than them. However, many times when I'm in the U.S., I can get leggings from Amazon, Target, TJ Maxx, you name it, and spend anywhere from $10 to $40 on leggings, and really no one who's looking at me would understand the difference. There's a market for both of those. I also know that those Lululemon and leggings will probably last five times longer than leggings that I found in Target. You know, photography is the same. There is something to be said for each one of those levels. So when a photographer comes to me and says, Anna, I want to know how to market to my ideal client, the first thing I'm going to ask them is, who is your client? Tell me characteristics of your client. And you should probably have, I like to say, at least three to five characteristics of your client. For example, my client is either pregnant or has a newborn baby. I was going to say expecting, but that would be in the pregnancy department. So they're either pregnant or has a newborn baby. But I also do children and family as well. So I would say the early years of life. Okay. My client is most likely older. I'm not the cheapest photographer on the block and I'm not the most expensive. Maybe I am. I don't know. I really don't think I am the most expensive in my area, but I'm sure I'm, I'm up there. I'm definitely not a cheap photographer. And so younger parents may not be able to afford my services. However, I do have a lot of young clients. So my client could be somebody that is more professional or has a higher level of family income where they could afford my service. I've said over and over again that photography is a luxury business. And so it's not that anyone really needs to hire a professional photographer. What they need is food and clothing and gas and water. And so I know that with all due respect to the industry, that this is a luxury business, much like going and getting a blow dry in a salon. Nobody has to go get a professional blow dry, but we all love them. So we have to first acknowledge that there are luxury services out in the world and not everybody is going to be able to afford our service. In addition with that, we need to understand that how we price our business is going to draw in a certain level of clientele and that will, whether you know it or not, identify your client. Whether it's your ideal client or not, that's something we need to discuss. So when you're just starting out, you're just trying to get anyone in front of your camera, right? You just need subjects. You need people. You need to hone your skill. And so your pricing may be a little bit less than. When I started my business as a pro photographer, I actually had normal pricing for photography. I never had kind of a cheap period or a free period as I grew. So did my prices and, you know, so did everything, but I never really started out free. My free period was kind of my amateur years. So I started out when I went pro with a pretty good average rate. I remember 23 years ago, my starting session fee was $125. Well, 23 years ago, that was a good rate to start out with for film when that didn't include any products, proofs, nothing. That was just my time. It wasn't bad for an hour's worth of work if I did an hour session, which we all know I didn't when I started out. 
And so obviously as you go along, you've got to price your photography in a way that's going to be profitable. You need to get paid. But when you're starting out, you're just trying to get people in front of your camera. So you may not be sitting there saying who your ideal client is. You may sit down and say, well, yes, my ideal client is, you know, they're either going to be pregnant. They have a newborn. I'd like to do cake smashes. So first birthday. So maybe the younger years, I do know some photographers that only do pregnancy and not newborn. Some only do newborn and not pregnancy. Some only do newborn for the first two weeks and they don't do children and family. So, you know, you can write down the services that you offer, but that's not the only identifier that you need to have to create an ideal client. The price that you're putting on those services is going to kind of shape who your client is. Because you could get a professional client, somebody who has a professional career and maybe an executive, maybe somebody who's older and you could say, oh, well, Anna, they have the same characteristics as your client, but that doesn't necessarily mean they want to pay your pricing. I mean, photographers have, they've had stories and stories and stories of clients pulling up in Porsches and, you know, expensive cars, but trying to bargain and get a cheap price for photography. Now that client may or may not have money, whether you choose to decide how financially stable they are by the car they drive is up to you. We all know that that's not necessarily an indicator for sure. But let's say that you have a feeling that this client, you think it's your ideal client. They stroll up in a fancy car, they're wearing fancy shoes, they're wearing fancy clothing. You're like, oh yeah, this is definitely my client. And then they don't want to pay for anything and they nickel and dime you and they say you're too expensive and they don't want to pay your even base package. So then they leave and you're scratching your head going, wait a minute, I thought they were my ideal client, but you're basing it on their appearance. And that's not always the way to base it upon how somebody can spend their money on a service. So we all know not to judge a book by its cover, right? Some of my wealthiest clients stroll in in t-shirts and shorts and, you know, flip-flops and, you know, spend a lot of money. So I've learned long ago to not judge my client based on their appearance or the car they drive. Just like I don't want to be judged when I, you know, slip into Nordstrom's and sweats and no makeup and a messy bun trying to buy a fancy dress for my daughter's prom. I don't want anyone in Nordstrom to look at me thinking, oh, this girl's not going to spend anything and not pay any attention to me, that that would really make me sad, right? So we don't want to do that to our clients. So let's take away any kind of physical judgment based upon what they're wearing or getting dressed and try and not do that. I don't think that's a good way to run your business. Let's talk about the ideal client, the one that when you're talking to on the phone, they're very interested in your services. They've looked at your pricing they are fine with your pricing. They want to talk to you. They want to understand the services you provide. They're very interested in the albums and the books and hanging, you know, their art on the wall. And so you have to find a way to communicate what you're offering so that your ideal client can kind of match it up with what they're looking for. You know, a lot of photographers can't find their ideal client because they haven't identified what their own service and offering is. You've thrown a website up or social media up, you've thrown images up and some base pricing up, and then you start complaining that you're not getting your ideal client, but you haven't taken the time to identify the characteristics of your ideal client and the services that you're offering, do they match with your ideal client? For example, I've been at this a long time, right? So 
when a client comes into my session, they know that I'm going to probably be creative in their session. I do want to know the kind of images that they're looking for from me. So that helps me do my job. But then I love to get creative. I love to work with florals and felted layers. And, you know, I love to do things that are different. And I, even though I'm pretty quick in my sessions and I try to keep my newborn sessions to, you know, a little over two hours, I try to get as many setups as I can and really be efficient. Whereas some other photographers may say, oh, I only work for one hour or two hour and you can only do two props and you can only do two clothing changes or I don't have any outfits. And, uh, you know, some other newborn photographers may have restrictions on what they have. My sessions are a little bit more creative. So my ideal client is going to come in looking for something someone, a photographer like me, that's more creative in my sessions. Other clients may say, no, I want to only spend this amount of money. I'm only looking for these particular shots. I only need five images. You know, I only want two prop setups and they may look for another photographer that kind of fills in those requirements that they're looking for. Does that make sense? So you as a photographer need to just sit down and say, you know, this is my pricing. This is what I'm offering. What happens after the photography? Do they get the images on a physical, tangible, you know, USB or product? Or do you only do IPS in-person sales? Are they able to buy books and products? And how does that work? Do they have to come in? Can they do it online? You know, how convenient, you know, are and accessible are you? Can you talk to them and guide them through the process? Will you hang images on their walls if they need to? You know, you want to sit down and figure that out. And as you grow along in your business and clients start asking you things, you're going to decide what do you want to do and what do you not want to do? Over the years, I've gotten rid of a lot of things. I don't do weddings. I really don't do that much commercial work anymore. I don't do events. I don't do boudoir. There's a lot of things that I just don't do that I'm just not comfortable with that I don't feel like I have the staff to support it. And I feel like aren't my specialty. So it's better that they're just not on my menu. So if someone's looking for a boudoir photographer, it's not going to be me and they would not be my ideal client. And I'm okay with that. And, and that's the point is if you want to attract your ideal client, you need to have the identifiers. Who are you marketing to and why? Are you going for a younger generation? Are you going for an older generation? Do you want it to be a high-end experience? If you, if so, then you need to have a high-end delivery. You need to have gorgeous coffee table books and albums and packaging and business cards. You can't just, you know, we transfer their images and call it a day and expect them to spend thousands of dollars. You know, just like if you go into a salon and you're looking for a facial or a massage, you know, you're going to pick a certain spa where you can maybe relax and have tea and pick out your treatments and not be rushed. Or are you going to run to like one of those airport massage places and in between terminals, grab a 10 minute massage? You know, most businesses, big businesses know who their ideal client is. They know who their target market is and they price accordingly. As a photographer, your job is to figure it out. And if you're just starting out and you don't know, maybe sit down and and write down all the things that you want to do and not want to do. IPS is not for everybody. In-person sales isn't for everybody. If you don't want to sell products, um, uh, albums, canvases, or wall art, and you only want to have digital delivery, that's okay. Price accordingly and make sure that you're very clear on your website and social media, the services and offerings you deliver so that you can attract that ideal client. 
If you say, I don't want to offer digital and I want to do in-person sales and I want to do pre-consults with my client and I want them to have a beautiful experience and sit down and visit with me in the studio and I'm going to invest X number of hours into my client and in turn, my client needs to invest X number of hours with me. That's fine, but make sure that you write it all down so that your client has the expectations needed when they're going to you because you need to understand that clients are looking for their ideal photographer as well. It's not just one-sided. You know, we can sit here and say, oh, I really need my ideal client. How do I find them? But you have to understand that there's also people out there going, how do I find my ideal photographer? Somebody that I can grow with my family? Or is this just a quick photo session and I'm never going to have a relationship with that photographer again? So it does go on both sides. Once you've done the homework and identified your pricing, your offering, your services, and you know the things that, the characteristics that would attract your ideal client, now you need to find out and go market to them, right? The best way to do that is go and do your homework and look for like-minded businesses in your area and up to an hour or two away, because a lot of people travel for sessions, and find like-minded vendors that also have the same characteristics of their client as you do. For example, in my case, let's say some of the vendors that are related to me would be someone who custom designs a nursery. You know, who needs that? Well, my client is busy and they're working and they're building homes and they're redesigning. And so they might hire a nursery designer to design their nursery. You know, somebody who maybe has a doula that's giving a more professional, personal service to my client. A lot of my clients have doulas. So that would be a great vendor for me to partner with. Sleep specialist, somebody, because a lot of my clients are coming with the toddler and they're dealing with the toddler and the newborn. So I know a woman who's a sleep specialist and goes to different homes to try to get the toddlers to sleep when the newborn comes. That's definitely a vendor that my client would like. So do your homework and research and find some of these vendors that you believe have the same characteristics as you. Sit down with them, meet with them, have some coffee and say, Hey, I'd love to network with you. It looks like we have the same type of client. How can we work together? You know, over the years of my career, I've worked with many different types of children clothing stores. Everything could from consignment shops to high-end boutique shops. I've met clients in both of those types of stores. I learned as I went on and grew in my business that the high-end baby stores had almost the exact same client as mine. And I met a lot of wonderful, amazing clients that stayed with me long after those boutique shops have now closed. Does that mean that I don't still have any of those clients from the consignment shops? I have a few, but not many. As you grow in your business and your prices change and your offerings change, you may lose some of your clients, but it's okay because maybe they weren't your ideal client and maybe you weren't their ideal photographer. Remember, it's a partnership and it's a collaboration and making sure that you have the client that's for you and the client has the right photographer for them, then you know it's a good marriage and you can grow. I've had clients that have grown with me over the years for 16, 17 years. And as I've grown and changed my services, they've still stayed with me. And then I've had other clients who have chosen other photographers. And that's okay because as I've gone along, I've learned kind of who my ideal client is. And I'm not for every client and every client is not for me. Above all, definitely sit down and try to evaluate your business. You know, many times if you do any mentoring or training, the mentor or trainer is going to ask you, 
who the ideal client is that you want to attract. And you really need to sit down and come up with specific characteristics. You know, maybe it's a certain demographic that you're looking for, or maybe it's just a certain amount of money that you want your clients to spend, or maybe it's a certain product or service that you want them to purchase. Whatever it is, be honest about yourself and your business. Make sure that it's clear and communicated on your website and social medias. And hopefully that's enough to draw in your ideal client. As you grow, the more you'll learn about yourself and your clients, and hopefully you'll get to a place where you're very comfortable with the services that you're providing and your client in turn is comfortable with the services that they're receiving. My name is Anna Brandt. Thanks for listening. Did you like this podcast? We would love it if you gave my mom a kind review and reach out to her. To learn more about Anna, visit AnnaBrandt.com. You can find out about her education opportunities at AnnaBrandtEducation.com.